The Tennis Gambling Podcast on the Sports Game Podcast Network is brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game ones. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app at HOFBets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. Welcome, everybody, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Game Podcast Network. It is currently Sunday night, December 31st, and I'm your host, as always, Scott Rochelle, once again, going solo for this pod. Should be a fun episode. It's officially the final episode of 2023, because the next time we'll be back, it'll be for the quarterfinals of Brisbane and Hong Kong, and that will be 2024. But it should be a pretty fun episode, because we are going to be previewing an ATP event that has not been held for a long time. Roughly two decades as we are going to Hong Kong, which has not been held since 2002. Interestingly, it was actually held for the women's tour and it was held for women's doubles last year, but it was not held for men's or men's doubles. So uh, once again, it was held in 2023 for women, but not for men. And now in 2024, it will be held for everybody. So the point is, it's going to be pretty fun seeing a... Hardcore event in January taking place in Asia, which is something that we're not really accustomed to on the men's side, as, for example, the most recent winner of this event is Juan Carlos Ferrero, and I get the hunch he's not going to be defending his title. So, should be fun. Looking forward to it. Of course, there is another tournament that's taking place in Australia, which is Brisbane. We covered that tournament in the previous episode. So if you want my thoughts on Brisbane with the outrights and my lock and dog picks, you still have time to check it because the lock and dog have not started yet. So you still have some time. But anyway, this episode will focus solely on Hong Kong. Don't really have much news to talk about because of the news we covered in the Brisbane episode for the offseason. But still, trying to think of anything that happened over the last day or so. Really not much. The only piece of news, I guess, was Djokovic winning a mixed doubles match in the United Cup. And then he stuck around for about 10, 20 minutes after the match because Australia is so far ahead on the calendar, or at least I should say based on the clock, uh, compared to where I am on the East Coast in America. So it was New Year's, and they decided to stick around, both the fans and the players, and they celebrated New Year's together. They had a countdown. I thought it was pretty cool. Now, was it cheesy? Maybe a little bit, but it didn't really bother me. Uh, We know Djokovic's uh, main star. He's the main attraction in the United Cup, especially since... Nadal's busy in Brisbane. So the point is, the fans who came to see Joker got to hang out with him. I put quotes around the hangout part. But they got to celebrate the New Year with him, which I thought was a pretty cool experience for the fans. But it is what it is. Not really anything newsworthy. But that was one thing that I at least wanted to mention. I don't really have much else to talk about. So let's actually get into it. Before I actually do, though, wanted to briefly wish all of you a Happy New Year, whether you are celebrating it already It's 2024 in Europe already, or in Australia, for example. I also know that I have a decent following in Nigeria, apparently. Shout out to my Spotify wrapped for podcast creators. It told me that it broke it down by country. It said Nigeria is my fifth most popular country. So shout out to all of you in Nigeria as well. Uh, Happy New Year to you. But the point is, if you're in America, it's not officially New Year's. But if you are in other countries, it is. So happy either belated New Year's or happy New Year's to come. But the point is, should be a fun 2024. A lot of tennis content. Looking forward to breaking down all these ATP events. But anyway, time to quit stalling. Time to get into the actual preview for this event. I realized I didn't actually go through the previous winners in Brisbane either. 
uh, last episode, so apologies there. But once again, it was not held for the last couple of years, so I'm not sure if it was really relevant. But for the sake of this event, it is definitely not relevant because it's not been held in basically 20 years. Now, to go through the actual outrights for this tournament, unfortunately, we have no quarter odds uh, because I believe qualifying is still going on. So I th actually, I think qualifying is still going on. I'm not totally sure. Uh, but the point is, there are no quarter odds. We're going to have to do our best with the outrights in general. So starting off with the outrights, we're going to read off each player, and then we're going to get into the path of these players. So Rublev is the favorite by a decent margin, as he's plus 260. You have Kashanov at plus 550. You have Tiafo at 6-1. to one. You have Phils at 8-1. to one. You have Struff at 14-1. to one. Batista Agut at 14 to 1, Sarundolo at 16 to 1, that's F Sarundolo. You have Musetti at 16 to 1, you have Kikmanovic at 18 to 1, you have Dzanshulp at 18 to 1, Morozin at 18 to 1, Rusevori at 18 to 1. The return of Marin Chilic as Chilic is back in action as he's plus 2000. You have McDonald at 2000, Gojo at 2500, this year at 3300, you kind of get the point. So Based on the comparison between this field and Brisbane, it seems like the field is deeper in Brisbane, but the top-level talent is more noticeable in Hong Kong because no offense to Nadal, he hasn't played in basically a year. We know that Rune is a bit of a head case, and he was pretty bad in the last couple of months of 2023. So the favorites in that event, you can argue, are fade-worthy, or at least maybe worth pivoting off of. You can make that argument. For this event, it might be trickier to pivot because we know Rublev, even though he kind of got buried in the ATP Finals, he's still a top 10 player in the world easily. He's clearly the best player here, and I do think that him and Kashanov are worthy of being the two favorites here. You know, Kashanov is basically a hardcore specialist who's very good on hardcore. Seems to always make a Grand Slam semi uh, at some point on the hard, in the hardcore season. Uh, but you're looking at Kashanov and Rublev being the players to beat. And I probably agree with it. I think that those two are the best players here. Kashanov's issue last year was injury. He made a deep run in the Australian Open before losing to Tsitsipas. And then he had some injuries. I believe he hurt his back. And then he came back and he was okay. But we know what his upside is on hard court. He should be comfortable here. And he was pretty good to end the year post-injury in the hard court swing. Now, to go through the actual path of the players, I'm going to start off with Rublev. A reminder, though, the ATP website did change, so it is pretty annoying to navigate, but we are going to do our best. So to go through the actual draw for Rublev, we're going to start off with a buy in the first round, which is a pretty good start if you're going to pick a favorite. Then he's facing off against either Kachin or a qualifier, so you're assuming Rublev will be a pretty big favorite in that one. Then the quarters will be either a qualifier or Gojo or Phils, so I'm assuming Phils, maybe Gojo, because the serve is pretty good, so I think Gojo can pull it off. Phils, we know, made a deep run in the next-gen finals before losing uh, to Majedovic, but he made a pretty deep run there. We know Phils is going to be a future top 20 guy, top 10 guy potentially, so there is some upside there, but Rublev, I do think, is the better player at this stage in their careers. For the quarterfinals, though, you're looking at Tiafo, Kekmanovic, or probably, I mean, that's basically it. I, I just think it's going to be Tiafo most likely. So Tiafo, I'm going to get back to because his draw is pretty favorable based on what I'm looking at right now, but I do think Rublev would probably beat him if they faced off. For the semis, you're looking at what should be a pretty easy path, actually. Uh, Kashanov, though, would be in the semis, but besides that, you have Chilich, who's going to be a massive wild card. You have Struff, uh, Batista, Agut. You can go down the line. So the point is, Rublev, I do think, is worthy 
of being a pretty decent favorite at plus 260. I can't really argue that. I think I'm probably going to take him. I know that he was pretty rough to uh, finish the season in the ATP Finals. I also know Rublev was a head case for us in particular last year because he seemed to always do well. We didn't pick him, and then we did pick him. He was awful. But I think that his path is pretty good early on, and I do think that he would be in a pretty interesting matchup with Kashanov in a potential semi. So I do think that is definitely worth considering. Now, for the other guys, I want to mention Kashanov because he's in a different quarter, but most likely I think he's facing off against Rublev in the semifinals. So look at the actual path for Kashanov. I have to at least bring up the fact he also has a bye. Then he's facing off against either Rusevori or Bonzi. Not the easiest round of 16 matchup, but Kashanov should win that. Then a matchup against Musetti, Wong, Kotov, or Borges. I think that Kotov is actually pretty interesting in that section. Musetti, I think, is more of a clay court guy. He's not awful on hard court, but he's not that good on it, and he was not exactly in great form over the last month or two. Kotov was. I think Kotov could be interesting, but I do think Kashanov will win that one. Uh, that would be in the quarters. Moving on to the semis, I mentioned before you are looking at by the way, I misspoke. Uh, Rublev would be in the final. So they're on the opposite side of the brackets. So Rublev and Kashanov is the projected final, in my opinion. Uh, but the semis would be Struff, Chilich, Offner, McDonald, Morozin, Batista Agut, or Sarundalo. That's a pretty reasonable uh, matchups uh, uh, collection there for Kashanov. So I do think that Kashanov and Rublev are worth taking, in my opinion. I didn't go chalky in the Brisbane tournament, so I think I have an excuse to go chalky in this one. But I do think that Kashanov and Rublev have pretty good paths uh, to actually make a deep run. Now let's look at Tiafo, because Tiafo is a guy that, as you know, if you are new to the show, you don't know, I am not a Tiafo fan. And the big reason, I just don't trust his consistency. I think that he's a quitter. I think he's one of the bigger quitters on the tour where if things get difficult for him, he will tend to roll over and die rather than try to give it his all to get a break back, for example. I've seen Tiafa quit in too many matches, and I just can't trust him, not to mention the underwhelming shot selection issues over the years, and I do think that you're looking at Tiafo always being a wild card that could be interesting to make a deep run, but usually in these fields, he's a little bit underpriced, and I think he's underpriced. So to go through the path here, he also has a bye. Then he probably has a matchup against Kikmanovic in the round of 16. Not the easiest. I will admit, though, the quarterfinal matchups are pretty easy. Either Dezanchalp, Zhang, or Dejir. So that is a pretty decent draw for Tiafo in the semi, in the quarters. The problem is for the semis, do I think he'd beat Rublev? Probably not. He could face off against Phils, too, so that might be a potential upset if Rublev ends up losing to Phils. I think he should win that. But I think for Tiafo, I don't think I'm going to pick him to beat both Rublev and and uh, Kashanov. I just don't see that for the sake of 6-1. to one. I kind of want more meat on the bone, so I think I'm going to pass on Tiafo at 6-1. to one. Uh, Moving on, Phils at 8-1. to one. I think I'm going to pass on because he would have to meet. He would have to end up facing off against Rublev, then Tiafo, then Kashanov. There's a lot that kind of needs to go right for Phils. So I do think, even though I like Phils and I will be picking him to win a couple of events this season, I don't think Hong Kong is one of them. So I think I'm going to skip on Phils eight to one for a draw that's not too favorable. I think is going to be a little bit of a tall task 
uh, for him to actually get the job done. I do think that the odds don't reflect it. I think he should be closer to 10 to 1 or 11 to 1. So at 8 to 1, I'm going to pass on him. Now, Struff and Batista Agut are both at 14 to 1. Batista Agut, if he was still in his prime, I would consider it. But I mentioned midway through last year, I think Batista Agut is past his prime. Now, luckily, he had a lot of off time during the offseason, so he can maybe showcase some of his old form. But I do think in the grand scheme of this tournament, when you're playing this many matches back-to-back-to-back-to-back days and you just don't have any days off in between, I question the stamina of an older player like Batista Agut. And I do think even if he gets past the first couple rounds, I think physically he might struggle in the later rounds. So I think I'm going to pass on Batista Agut. I recognize, once again, how consistent he was in years past, but I do think he's getting up there in years, and he has shown some signs of decline, and I think as a result, I'm not going to pick him. Face off against Morozin in the first round, I believe he lost a three-set marathon to Morozin late last year. That's really not an easy match. Like I think that Morozin could beat Batista Agut in the first round, so I'm going to pass on Batista Agut. I'm not a fan of that actual draw. Now, to look at the other guy I met in that same price range, I mentioned Struff. Struff I was a fan of last year, especially during the clay season. He was having a great run. You might remember he made a Cinderella run where he eventually lost in a final to Alcaraz in three. But Struff was in good form. He almost won a grass title. Then he got injured, and it kind of derailed the season. But Struff was in very good form. First match, though, against Chilich, which is very, very fun. I think Struff should have the edge because Chilich has barely played in the last year, and Struff is a very good server. That might be a tie-break fest, but once again, not knowing how Chilich is going to look will make me lean to Struff to win that match. Then his matchup against either Offner or McDonald. Not easy. Offner had a pretty good year, with the exception of the biggest choke job of the year against Mulcan, where he blew a 5 nothing lead in the second set in his home country of Austria. But still, the point is, I think that's a difficult path as well. Then Morozin, Orbitista Agut, or Sarundalo. Not that easy either, but I think Struff I'm going to pass on. I think that he's a solid player, but I kind of want to see more from him, and the path is not as easy as I'd like, so I'm going to pass on Struff as well. Now, to look at some potential long shots, once again, I mentioned how I was going to pivot or lean more towards the favorites in this tournament. I really see Rublev or Kashanov winning it. But if I had to go with a long shot, a guy that I think can make some noise. Once again, I really wish the ATP website went back to its old format because I have to look at these players' paths individually. And it's pretty annoying when I'm trying to briefly look at who can make a somewhat deep run. Morozin, I like at 18 to 1, but Batista Good in the first round is just too difficult, in my opinion. So I think I'm going to pass on him. Sarundalo, is he good enough on hard court to get the job done? I don't know if he actually is. Uh, let me just look at some guys that I think can showcase some talent, at least from what I saw at the end of last year. Pathwise, maybe Kotov. Uh, facing off against Kashanov in the quarters wouldn't be easy, but a matchup against Borg just in the first round, he should win. I think he should beat Musetti in the second round. Then, if assuming he gets past Kashanov, big if, but hear me out. The semifinal matchup would be probably against... I mean, it could be against anybody. That whole section is up in the air. You have Struff, Chilich, Offner, McDonald, Morozin, Batista Agut, and Sarundalo. That could be anybody. So I actually think Kotov is worth consideration at around 33-1. to 1. Once again, is it going to hit? Probably not. I think that Kashanov would beat him. But you can argue maybe you're in a hedge spot if you get to that point. But 
I do think McDonald's is a guy that I like, but he tends to fall apart and blow matches later in tournaments that he should be more competitive in. So I don't really trust him there. Gojo I like, but I think his all-around game could use some work. I don't think he's good enough to actually win the event. Maybe if his serve holds, he can make it somewhat deep run. But overall, there's not many paths I actually like for players in this event. So I think I'm going to stick with the actual chalk, but my long shot throw-in will be on Kotov at 33-1. to What a pretty good end to last year. Probably should have won a title, but choked that match away in the final against Monfi. But I think he's a good player, and I do think that his path early on is not too bad. I'm going to lean to Kotov as my long shot at 33-1. to uh, Let me quickly check to see if there are better odds available uh, for the outrights here. So to quickly look at another source, I'm quickly pulling up the odds right now, so apologies there. Uh, to look at the odds for the outrights in this particular event, uh, if it is listed, it is not. So, okay, that's all I got. Looking at the odds of, once again, of the three players that I'm picking, I am going to go with relative chalk. I'm going to go with Rublev at plus 260. I'm going to go with uh, Kashanov at plus 550 and give me a little sprinkle on Kotov at 33 to 1. That's going to wrap it up for the actual outrights for Hong Kong. Now it's time for the lock and dog picks for the actual matches. But before any of that, do you want to take a quick word from our sponsors? We're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite fantasy players all season long. NFL, NBA, NHL, college basketball, and college football. Simply pick higher or lower on your favorite players' fantasy stats and cash in. So watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little money over Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. And remember, when you sign up, use the promo code SGPN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. To Underdog Fantasy, promo code SGPN. We're also brought to you by Game Time. I don't know about all of you, but I personally love attending sporting events in person, and it can be very difficult to actually find a ticket a provider that you can trust. That changed, though, for me when I found Game Time, because Game Time is the fast and easy way to get tickets to pretty much any event you want, whether it's sports, concerts, if you want to go to a comedy show, for example, Game Time does have you covered. I do think my favorite feature with the actual platform is the images of seat views, which basically means that if you are going to think about buying a ticket, it will show you the exact view you would be getting if you purchase that ticket. So you know exactly what you are going to be paying for, which can prevent you from getting an obstructed view, etc. But I do recommend using it. And they also have very solid flash deals for football, basketball, baseball, and concerts, theater, and more. And the game time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or uh, and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Send tickets out the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code CFBX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code CFBX for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. We're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this end of all season with Hall of Fame Bets. Sports Center Analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea, no matter how ridiculous it might seem, into Hall of Fame Bets' revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. So stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame Bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN. You can 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame Bets.
Welcome back, everyone, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast. Just finished previewing the outrights for Hong Kong. Now it's time for the lock and dog picks for the show. Starting off with the lock, I am going to go back to a guy I actually just gave a long shot bet on for the tournament. I'm going to look at a matchup between Kotov and Borges. And Borges is favored in this match. And I really don't know why. I don't think Borges is that good. I think Kotov's the better player. He was definitely in better form to end last year. Borges was kind of bouncing around some challenger events, either in Finland or in the clay events in Portugal, which he won. He So congrats to him for winning a clay event to end the calendar year. But the point is, I don't think he's a great hardcore player. I think Kotov is more comfortable on the surface. I think that the serve, you can argue, is going to be up in the air for both guys. But Kotov's kick serve is actually pretty decent. But I simply put, like the hardcore form that Kotov was in in the end of 2023 compared to Borges. And I do kind of have myself scratching my head as to why Borges is a slight favorite. It's around minus 115, but I really don't agree with the line. I think it should be Kotov, in my opinion, minus 125, minus 130. I think he's the better hardcore player. So for me, I'm going to go with Kotov money line at minus 105 as my lock. More of a value play. I acknowledge it is going to be a pretty competitive match, but I just think the wrong player is favored, and I am going to jump at the value, in my opinion, for the money line price. And for the dog, I'm going to copy the same exact script that I took for my dog in Brisbane. I'm going to look at a very close match based on the money line prices and take an over two and a half sets. And I am going to go with a matchup between Batista, Goot, and Morozin. And I am going to go with the over two and a half sets. And that does pay out at plus 155, which I think is a massive price. Now to go through the head-to-head matchup last year, they faced off in Sofia in early November of 2023, and Morozin won in three sets, also went to a final set tiebreak. So the point is, these players faced off before, it was a marathon, and now you get a repeat marathon at plus 155. I think it's a great price. Now, I mentioned before, I think Batista Agut is, I'd say, past his best years, but he's still a good enough player if you give him some time off before the match to put a solid and consistent effort forward. Morozin has a lot of firepower. He also can hit some unforced errors. So I do think that the firepower with the a little bit of erratic nature of Morozin's style of play is kind of a perfect contrast to Batista Gut's sturdy, uh, consistent baseline play. And that might result in some ups and downs for the match itself. But in the one head-to-head meeting that happened about a month and a half ago, it went to three sets, and now you can get the same exact thing happening in this one at plus 155. I think that's a great price. I'm going to lean Morozin a win, but I do think that match could go either way. We know that Batista Agut tends to do very well in the January hardcourt slate, at least based on his previous years. Made a final, I believe it was last year, before losing to Quan, who had that phenomenal lucky loser run, as far as I can remember. But the point is, Batista Agut and Morozin, I think, are in line for a very, very fun and competitive first-round match. Give me the over two and a half sets at plus 155. So once again, my lock and all picks for the show. My lock is going to be on Kotov on the money line against Borges at minus 105. And my dog will be Batista Agut and Morozin. Over two and a half sets at plus 155. That's going to wrap it up for this episode. Find me on Twitter at Rice Show Radio. Find me on a bunch of podcasts of the network. Find me on the NBA show, the NFL show. You get the point. Until next time, though, a reminder, leave a review uh, and leave a rating on the podcast. No matter how you consume it, either on Apple or Spotify. Let me know if you like the show, if you want some 
changes, give me some feedback. You know, let me know. You can just reach out to me on Twitter or in the SGPN Discord. But until next time, we're back for the quarterfinals of Hong Kong and Brisbane. Happy New Year's once again to all of you. Bye, everyone.